Welcome to Becoming Powerhouse, where we discuss the tough lessons I've learned while taking my two companies from negative revenue to over seven figures. We'll talk about the raw and vulnerable truths about being boss, as well as tips and strategies you can implement immediately for better business results. I'm your host, Nicole Overcamp, the founder and CEO of Wilcox Financial Group and Powerhouse Coaching. You can see links and other resources in our notes. Don't forget to head over to powerhousemoney.com to grab your free Powerhouse bundle for business and subscribe to our newsletter. Now, let's dive in to today's episode. Success never happens overnight, and it takes an extraordinary amount of grit, perseverance, belief, and conviction in yourself that is going to work out as well as having the right systems in place, support system, and often mentors and coaches. And so, my friends, I am very excited for you to hear the interview today with Anas Latif. Anas came over to the States at the age of 19, speaking no English and being fluent in Arabic. She was born in Jordan and at a very young age, got started in the real estate industry. And that's really where her career grew, which of course she had a ton of hurdles, but now here she is with over 22 years of industry experience. She's established herself as a highly accomplished realtor in the Buffalo Niagara region and founded the Anas Latif sales team with a deep-seated commitment to serving Western New York and aiding other individuals in achieving their real estate objectives. Her role as an agent, she prioritizes using her extensive knowledge to simplify and streamline the buying and selling process. She definitely has a standard of excellence. She's a certified real estate negotiator, and she brings her expert negotiation skills to the table every single time. I can attest, and Nas gets shit done. She is a team leader that instills the same client-centric ethos within her team and constantly ranks within the highest tier of Hunt Real Estate among all of the other Buffalo Niagara region as being recognized by the Association of Realtors. She also has a comprehensive set of credentials, including a GRI designation and certifications with buyer representatives and senior real estate specialist. She's a certified relocation specialist and a seasoned marketing expert. Wow, that is a lot. So whether you are embarking the journey of buying or selling a home, or you just need an expert to talk to or help you negotiate, Anas is your girl. And she also has a ton to share with us today when it comes to digging in, starting a business, growing it, and managing a team, all the while living a life at the same time. So my powerhouses, jump in and join me for this fun interview with Anas. All right, my powerhouses. I am here with Anas Latif, and I've got to say, I am really looking forward to you listening to all of the insights that she has to share as not only a real estate guru, but a mom and an entrepreneur. And you, my friend, have also been in business when it wasn't exactly popular for you to do so. Yes, that is correct. Uh, so welcome and thank you for, for taking some time. 
Thank you. Thank you, Nicole, for having me today. I'm so excited to uh, be with you on this podcast for sure. Yeah. So, you know, why, if you don't mind, uh, give us a little bit of insight in terms of like where you started, how you got started. And also, uh, I'm throwing like three questions at you at once, but, uh, you know, in, in, in getting into the challenge of you starting, because you are very unique from um, and probably the one of the only entrepreneurs that we've had on a show, actually, where uh you weren't born here in the States and English isn't your first language. And so like you had a few hurdles from the get go. So I would just love for everybody to hear your story and and how you chose this field. Yeah, absolutely. So I moved to the States in 1994. I was actually 19 at that time. And a few years later, um, you know, my husband and I were looking for a home. Um, However, we were getting frustrated with the process and frustrated with um, maybe realtors not taking us seriously. I don't know if it was because of our age or uh, just they didn't have a process to guide us. And we're talking, this is before Google and before being able to research online how to go about buying a home. Yeah. Um, so one day out of frustration, my husband sort of looked at me and he said, even you could do better. And the reason I think he said, even you can do better is because I wasn't from here. I didn't understand the culture yet completely. And as as you mentioned, English was not my first language. Um, so I looked at him and I said, you know what, you're right. And uh, a couple of weeks later, he came across a little ad in the paper <laughs> when we used to read the paper. And uh, that ad uh, was by Hunt Real Estate. They were hosting a breakfast seminar uh, about getting into real estate career. And uh, I was like, oh, it doesn't hurt to go to this. I attended the breakfast seminar and just immediately fell in love with the industry and decided to go for it. <laughs> and so you, you know, and you're, you guys, like Anas is no bullshit. Like she is, don't let her be humble. Like absolutely, uh, <laughs> <laughs> for sure killing it in your industry. One of the top realtors, uh, however, it didn't happen over in May. So, you know, what been some of your initial struggles as you were growing your business? Uh, well, when I started real estate in 2001, um, you know, many people in our industry, uh, professionals in our industry were not of my age to begin with. Uh, so... Yeah. Often real estate was a career that someone, uh, you know, took up or started after another career had ended. So as a, you know, post-retirement, let's say, type of career for a lot of people or a second job, um, you know, many teachers or policemen or, or so forth had a real estate license and were selling real estate in their free time. Um, where I was a full-time agent, uh, one of the youngest at that time. And uh, to top it off, again, English was not my first language, which was not popular in our area at that time to have professionals uh, from different countries and maybe have an accent uh, to go with it and so forth. Um, and uh, shortly after I um, obtained my real estate license, I also um, was, you know, was pregnant. <laughs> so I was a pregnant foreigner <laughs> uh, in my early 20s trying to sell real estate amongst other peers that definitely did not look like me or sound like me. 
Well, it's all right. And so, you know, how did you overcome that adversity? Like where, you know, what, what got you to hear? What are some of the things that you did? You know, I struggled quite a bit in the beginning and I can't say that I wasn't discouraged and I had thoughts about, uh, well, this is not for me. It's not going to work. Um, you know, I, I just felt like a failure. Luckily for me, I did have a very supportive husband who just kept saying, no, keep at it. You're going to be great. Um, and then I came across uh, a mentor at one of the offices I worked at who uh, just really helped mentor me in pointing me in the right direction. Um, of course, I had to show up and do the work, uh, which I did, uh, but pointing me in the right direction and reassuring me that, you know, if you just keep focusing on the process, keep doing what you're doing, you will see results. Um, so for the first about year and a half, two years, I just put my head down and made calls, prospected, did open houses, did everything I could possibly do to generate this and build a clientele. I also, I, because I'm not from here, um, my industry, a lot of people in my industry rely on their center of influence for business when they first get started. Well, I didn't know anyone. So I had to build my own center of influence, um, attended many networking groups, started building relationships with people. Um, and it took me a few years to really get going. Uh, but really focusing on the process is what made the difference and having that mentor pointing me in the right direction uh, regarding that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I love that early on, you got a mentor. I think that's one of the things that I did wrong, <laughs> which... I wish I would have gotten a, a mentor or a coach sooner and because I can relate to a lot of that. Not that, of course, I, you know, dealt with not speaking English as my first language or coming here. But I I also started in the business when I, I was 21. I didn't have any centers of influence or any connections or at least connections that you wanted to work with for financial planning, right? Like, you know, drunk college kids weren't exactly an ideal market client. So, um, you know, with, it took so long to like dig in, be super gritty. And, and I don't know about you, and I'm, I'm guessing it was similar. Like I had to work 10 times harder than my peers, uh, you know, who are all older, middle-aged white men, right? Uh, who just had this natural confidence and affluence and network. And it's like, you know, I had to prove time and time again, like, hey, I'm not an idiot. I'm smart. I know what I'm doing. And, uh, and really established that. And I think the one thing that saved me was, was those systems and and digging in and and I attended like every networking event and every group and everything I could like get my hands on right to just try to to grow that network uh, and so it it was quite a journey and um, you know in, in speaking to that and, and something that you had said really and 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 saying you know I I thought I was gonna fail or or I I thought about quitting, right? And and so your husband was supportive, which is great to have that partnership. I think it, you know, in, in, in marriage, that's typically a make or break, right? And, and especially when you're a business owner um, and having that, but what were some other things that, was there anything that you did like that you, that you told yourself or a routine or anything that really helped you continue to dig in while you were working through the challenges of of building up your business and making sure that you weren't just another statistic to drop out and um, and shift gears. 
Yeah, it's interesting that uh, you said uh, statistics because uh, really 60% of uh, people who acquire their real estate license quit in the first year. <laughs> um, and even a higher percentage uh, by the second year. So mm-hmm. you're definitely um, on, on point with that because I did not want to be one of those 60% um, that quit in the first year. And I feel that once I maybe got reassurance that from someone else that could see something in me that maybe I didn't see in me that yeah. regardless of not being from here, regardless of maybe my skin color and my accent and my age, um, that I'm more than capable. And all I need to do is prove that. Um, and once I got that uh, idea in, in my mind, I, I, I feel like I became unstoppable. Like failure was not an option. And um, as I started um, building my business, you know, I always felt like, what's the next milestone? If I can do this, I could do more. If I could do this, I could, you know, um, and started the growth from there. Um, I have been very lucky to throughout my career to have uh, people around me who are very supportive um, and and believe in me and support my mission and vision too. Uh, so that's that's been great. But to your point too, mentoring and coaching, once I realized how important it is to have a mentor to point you in the right direction or hold you accountable, I consistently seeked mentorship and coaching throughout my career. And every time I felt like I hit um, a plateaued or felt like I'm stuck and I can't move forward, um, I signed up for coaching or I signed up for a boot camp or I signed up for something that pushed me out of my comfort zone and um, maybe gave me some fresh ideas and new things to try and do uh, and hold me accountable. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that's part of it is like, if you are feeling stuck, like that is a signal we need to get uncomfortable, right? Yeah. We need to get uncomfortable. We need to shake things up and, and do something that maybe we naturally wouldn't do. And and I want to go back to the comment that you said to Anas, where you're like, oh, I was very lucky to have a good support system and be surrounded by the right people. And I'm just curious, how much of that was actually luck versus you being really intentional about where you were putting your butt and uh, who you were talking to and having conversations? Stations with because I, although some of it may be coincidence and luck, my guess is knowing you, it wasn't that much luck. I guess you're not wrong. Um, <laughs> you know, truthfully, I don't like to make room in my life uh, for any negative energy or, um, you know, or even negative people in my life, honestly. So you're you're not wrong about that. So people you meet along your journey and experiences you have along your journey, you got to take the positive and make sure you are very selective and intentional with who you surround yourself with, what type of energy you surround, and thoughts. You know, thoughts are a huge thing. So I don't like to um, allow any negative thoughts or feelings to take up so much of my, so much space in my life or any of that. So, you know, and we all go through stuff and that's Mm -hmm. totally fine. Um, I think that taking a moment to honor how you feel about something or someone 
and then being able to move on from there, you know, take a moment, see how you feel, process it and move on. Don't get out uh, in, in that. I think that's a big thing for me and helped me to be able to continue without by anyone or anything. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's huge. And it's great advice for other entrepreneurs too, to just protect your mental health, but then who you're around fiercely. Uh, because in, in, I mean, I know firsthand being around the wrong people or just not the right people for me rather, uh, can hugely affect my energy and my ability to feel confident or move forward or be creative, you know? And, and that's one thing that I admire about you, Anas. And, and ever since I met you, I always joked like, I want to be in the bus when I grow up and like roll it bed and look perfect. No. Um, but, but you have this like, cool confidence about yourself where, and I'm sure that came over time, right? As you, you learned more, grew more and, and became more established, but, um, you definitely present it so well. And I think, uh, for me, that's why I was also naturally attracted to you as, as not only being my realtor, but also, um, being your friends because you, not only exude a, a confidence, it's not an arrogant confidence. It's a confidence of like, I know what I'm doing. I know what I want and I'm not going to mess around, right? And that transparency and level of straightforwardness, but also your ability to cheerlead other women in the business or or around you, I think is, is really special and really cool. So, um, you know, and- It's funny you say that because that's how yeah. I feel about you <laughs> in so many ways. And then, you know, the sentence that you used, like, is naturally attracted to you, same, yeah. you know, just felt uh, yeah. very comfortable with you from the first day we met. I feel like, you know, we aligned in yeah. in, uh, in that thought process and, and those feelings and the way we maybe carry ourselves, but think about our life and, and what we want from our life and what we don't want from our life. I think it's so important to know what you don't want mm-hmm. in your life. And- yeah as much as it is important to know what you want, right? So a lot of people focus on what they want, what their dreams are, you know, but then they're not really looking at what they don't want and making sure that that's not inserting its way into their life and uh, creating obstacles for them to get to where they want to be, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, and, you know, subtracting is just as important as adding, right? Uh, and, and I find a lot of the time too, like we're more like a narrative. And, and and we've both done a good job and and at least that I was a slow learner, but I think I'm doing a good job now of like being super intentional about who I'm hanging out with, right? And and making sure that my friends are like not only like me from a sense of, hey, you're super ambitious, you're a go-getter, you're probably working towards something a lot bigger than you, right? Like you've got these big, huge aspirations, but also they're the kind of people who are gonna push you to be better, right? Like, I want uh, you to make me uncomfortable. I want you to say, hey, you know what? No, you can do better. You shouldn't think, consider this or, or whatever. Like, I'm so receptive to that. And sometimes it's nice to have the friends uh, you know, or the people in your circle that care enough to force you outside of your comfort zone. And even like you had said early on with your mentor, like she saw in you before you saw in you. Uh, and that's, that's huge too. And I think um, even for you now, and we'll talk about where you are now, is also why you've been able to, to successfully grow your team. So, uh, you know, and, and how many years now have you been in real estate and us? 
23 years, going on 24 in April. It will be 24. And, uh, you know, for the team, it's been uh, 10 years, uh, you know, so, and that happened on accident too. I, I, I don't want to. Uh-huh. Okay, let's hear that. <laughs> well, but to your point about, you know, having people who are willing to have those tough conversations with you and push you yeah. further, you can preserve and maybe tell you when you're wrong or tell you when you're not thinking clearly. I think it's so important that we are open to that. And yes. many people are not. They take it as criticism or they take it personal and if feelings are hurt, you know. Um, and I think that's why we get along so well, too, because you can tell me as it is and I'll be like, oh, you got a point there or no, I disagree with you. This is why yeah. I feel about it and why I'm doing it that way. Um, and you're exactly the same way. And I think that's something that a lot of people need to work on. And I personally had to work on myself for so many years. And yeah. once, once I allowed two things in my life, people who want to help me, you know, once I allowed, once I was able to receive love and help, and once I also allowed uh, constructive uh, criticism and mm-hmm. was open to it and was more open to honest conversations versus taking it personally. Um, that's when I started my, my internal tremendous growth. If that, makes yeah. Sense. Oh, totally. And it's like, look, I mean, it's hard to hear that stuff. You know, it's hard to hear what you're doing wrong or what you could be doing better. And, uh, cause it hurts your ego a little bit. And, and sometimes it really does hurt our feelings. But I mean, at the end of the day, and, and I can't remember who told me this, but like the kind thing to do is to tell the truth, even if the truth doesn't feel kind. Right. Um, and, and I much rather have someone call me out of my shit or be open and honest with me, uh, or tell me if I did something that bothered them. If if and I might be oblivious to it. That's happened plenty of times. I'd much rather have them tell me and be transparent and forthright than talk about me behind my back. Like I can handle it. Let's have a conversation. And, and I do feel that over the last few years, and I don't know if you feel the same way, like we have lost our ability to communicate and collaborate effectively with difference of opinions or different ideas. It's like, you know, you you have um, a thought that is different than somebody else and you're like a lambasted versus um, the ability to say, hey, like, you know what? let's chat this out or I'm still going to love you, but I'm going to feel different. Uh, and, 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 and some parts of that is so sad because I see it happen all the time where people afraid to speak up now because they're terrified of how they might be crucified, you know, for, for sharing how they really feel. And so I think it's in, and in part probably up to us leaders and, and other um, women who are to some degree responsible of how they lead, but who they give permission to, to speak up, but then also be able to still get along, right? And um, and I know I certainly um, facilitate that within my team and in my company. And, and I'm curious if you do the same, because um, what I have learned or, or at least feedback that I've gotten is like, hey, you know what, when you, when you did this, it gave me permission to do it or I didn't realize it was possible or 
you know, I didn't, I didn't know if how the reaction would be or the response would be. So I was always super reserved, but then, you know, I, I saw, um, that you really didn't care or, uh, you know, give a fuck in many situations. And she's like, yeah, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. And so I think that that is important from, from the degree that when we do that, it may not always go well and we might not like the reaction or the response, but it's important as leaders to, to make sure that, I, I think everybody knows it's okay. Like we need to be able to do that and and also receive it in return and digest it to be a better leader, um, but also to grow. Like if I didn't have better perspective and listen to my team and how I wasn't doing great, um, they might still not be with me. And, and that's super important too. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think the approach with our team, with everybody actually, uh, communication yeah. is key. Um, and it's important for us to learn to listen to others and to your point, maybe agree or disagree um, and maybe explain why you disagree if you do, um, see a different perspective or a different uh, point of view of things. But at the same time, too, I think that, you know, a lot of us, once we form an opinion, we stick to that opinion no matter what. And we're unwilling to change our mind regardless, which um, I try to practice the opposite of that. So I try to tell myself, hey, it's okay to change my mind about something if I learn something new about it that now makes it, um, you know, a different fact uh, than what I thought it was, right? So I think a lot of people that once they form their mind, they just become so stubborn about it. Uh, I, it might be an ego thing, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, communication, being willing to listen, being willing to hear other points of view and change your mind or change your perception when, when it's called for. Yeah, and you know, it's girl's mindset, honestly. It's like the ability to always be willing to grow, evolve, and then learn, right? Um, and and I've done the same. Like there's been plenty of things, you know, years ago, I'd be appalled at, you know, certain decisions or, or what have you, but now I have a totally different perspective and that, that's okay. I I was to some degree, you know, completely ignorant in, in a lot of areas and, and as I've learned and expanded. And, and one of the things that I like doing too is anytime I have a specific opinion about something or I feel a certain way, um, I read a book written by someone who has the opposite perspective or opinion or feeling. And and it's helped me so much gain perspective, you know, especially politically, you know, about reading different ideas. Um, and it hasn't necessarily changed my mind, but it's allowed me to gain the perspective to level set, understand and have a different level of respect because I think that is um, part of it. And then of course, you know, both of us are constantly dealing with such a diverse group of people. And so it's so important to appreciate, I think where they're coming from as well, so that you can do a better job navigating how to serve them best. Yeah, absolutely. We all have different backgrounds and experiences and beliefs and even family dynamics and so forth, right? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So it is definitely important to be respectful of everybody else's opinion and feelings, regardless uh, of whether or not they align with yours. <laughs> so shifting gears a little bit. Now you are, um, you have a team of how many realtors do you have now? Are there 10 of you or how many? Yeah, it's, uh, we're a total of 12. So it's okay. my 
our uh, team admin and 11 full-time agents. Okay. And um, I, could, I couldn't be more proud of our team. Um, you know, they're amazing people. Uh, we share a very similar vision um, in terms of how we want to service our community and our audience. Um, and we just, you know, we have a great dynamic and culture within the team itself. Um, but yeah, so we're proud that we ranked in the top two in all of us in New York in 2023. <laughs> uh, yeah, and even, you know, 10 agents sounds like a lot. It's actually relatively a smaller team and number of bodies in comparison to some of the other. So we're really proud of our accomplishment, ranking so high uh, yeah. agents uh, on our team as well. Um, and as you know, it's important to us having uh, our clients have a great experience from beginning to end and just, you know, raving reviews and referrals and repeat business is the best compliment uh, anybody in our industry can receive. Um, so I'm proud to actually disclose that 65% of our business, more than 65% of our business actually comes from referrals and repeat business. So uh, that makes me really happy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Tells me we're doing something right. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it, you are. Yeah. Uh, and I want to hear about what you're doing right. So, so because you are also... You're in a challenging position because it's not like you're managing a team of 11 or 12 employees, right? Um, you are managing a team of free-spirited stealth agents. So they can kind of do what they want. And and so making sure that you're wrangling them, but, but encompassing this like very well thought out team family dynamic, uh, as well as keeping them on track, keeping them motivated and coaching them to be referable and really emulate your brand of excellence. You know, what are some of the things that you've found work really well over the years? And maybe if you could just share a few best practices, Anas, that, that you do now with your team that you found as a fundamental game changer when it equated to uh, a shift that you saw or something now that you're forever going to use because it works, it sticks. And, and you have, you, you know, for a while there, your team was even smaller, you know, maybe half the size. And over the last two years, you've really exploded in terms of not only your growth, but your team has stayed with you. You know, there's not turnover there. So I would, I would love for you to share, if you could, uh, some of those best practices, because I think it's super valuable for um, other individuals in your uh, situation to hear that. Yeah. So after a couple of years of uh, starting the team, I started realizing that even though, to your point, we're independent contractors and we're all very different and uh, everybody has their own creative side. Uh, however, we still want to, well, I do as a team leader, it's my name, of course, on the team, uh, to provide the same level of service and consistency to our clients. So uh, coming up with policies and procedures and systems to follow that everyone has to follow on the team, uh, yet allowing them, each individual um, agent on the team, to create their own style within mm -hmm. systems and procedures and service that uh, we acquire from them and uh, add their own personal touch to it. Um, and then I, you know, of course, understand that one size doesn't fit all, right? So... 
what works maybe for one person on my team in uh, the coaching technique or the accountability technique or so forth um, may not work for the other person on the team. So I had to uh, really work with them on an individual basis and create a coaching and mentoring and holding accountable system that was. <laughs> Um, yeah, which you know, because you're, you're, yeah. you know exactly what I'm referring to. I think I learned from the best because I coached with you for a few years. Um, you know, and being able to modify that. The other thing is to me, uh, what's been really working well is scheduling a monthly call with each one of my agents and just giving them my undivided attention during that one hour. Uh, listening more than talking to them to, you know, what happened during, you know, uh, this month since our last call, what are they working on right now? What are they going to be working on for next month? And where can I help and support them? What are they struggling with? Uh, what do they think maybe that we should be as a team doing or not doing and working more in a collaborative or efforts, you know, with them. So um, I I am the team leader, yes, but I don't think of myself as the boss, let's say. I think of myself, um, let's take example of, a, of a, a school bus, right? And you have everybody on the bus and one person driving the bus. Otherwise, if you have multiple people driving the bus, it's going to crash. So myself um, as a bus driver, <laughs> making sure that we're all heading in the right direction. Yeah in that way but we collaboration is huge for sure and tailoring tailoring things per the individual i i love that and and everybody is so different and unique and that was one of my biggest lessons too in in dealing with all these different personalities but I love the approach of also asking for that collaboration and feedback for opportunity. That was a, a huge thing for us because if you don't ask, they're typically not going to speak up. And so, uh, and, and they're going to see things that you don't see, right? Um, and they're also going to um, be able to give you insight that you just don't have time to observe. And so I, I think that that is huge and, and speaks to how you've been able to to do what you've done, right? Which is which is awesome. And and I think it's so exciting. Uh, and you are are now in Florida as well, right? So expanding beyond Western New York and into Florida. Uh, oh, oh which is that's the super super <laughs> yeah, so we are uh, working now on acquiring our uh, Florida license, and uh, we're actually in the middle of speaking to uh, some brokers in that area uh, to decide yeah. who we're going to be joining and starting a team in the Florida area for sure. Um, so we will be in Tampa pretty soon. Surprise. I don't mean. No, it's okay. <laughs> okay, I need to tell you tell me something that's a secret maybe we should like be you know um i think i'm just so excited about this because i want to buy a place in yeah. tampa and so i'm like all right girlfriend like let's go um but it is it's it's that's really cool sense. yeah yeah um so so anything enough that uh you know if there is one thing one piece of advice that you would want to give to other female founders and entrepreneurs before we end you know what would that be I think that if um, 
Well, the number one thing that worked for me is focusing on the process and trusting that the results will come as opposed to, you know, looking for that instant gratification um, and just think of longevity of everything that you are doing, whether it's building a relationship with a client or with an employee or with a team member, uh, just longevity and, and just focus on the process. Honestly, the money just comes when you do the right things. Yeah, it's true. I said that forever. Um, and what I want to repeat here is, guys, nothing happens overnight. Bye. Yeah. It takes time and what we don't see are the years and years that you've been digging in and doing the hard work before you got to where you are now. And so, um, you know, trust the process is huge um, and execute, right? Uh, and, and the money always follows when you do the right thing. I can agree to that 1000%. It's it's literally the phrase I have lived by since I went out on my own. Uh, and, and where can people connect with you and not us? Um, I'm easy to find um, all over. You are. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, you know, but uh, my website is Inas uh, Um, And I'm also on social media. I'm on all the platforms, Instagram, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn. So it's just my name, uh, Inas Latif, and you can find me. I'm on Google, obviously, as well. So I'm easy to find. Um, the, my direct number, if anybody would like to call me or text me, um, is 716 716- Four one seven four seven five five, and uh, usually that's the quickest way to reach me as well. Um, but I do have to point one thing out before uh, we get going to your last question. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I admire about you the most that I want to or aspire to get to <laughs> to your level <laughs> is your discipline. So. Yeah. I think of myself as pretty disciplined, but then, you know, I look at you and I'm like, oh my gosh, you are just so strict with what you plan and what you um, hold yourself accountable to a degree that I've never seen with anyone else. And I aspire to be you one day with that, because I think that discipline is is the most important thing for us as entrepreneur uh, entrepreneurs and independent contractors because no one else is holding you accountable no one else is waiting for you to show up and do your work only you are doing that so it's so important for sure it's a great point you know nobody is going to care like you care right um and i think we forget that where you know if if we want to see something change we're in the driver's seat and there there are no room or there is no room for english uh for excuses right um but they're easy to make and and there's actually this book that i read recently and i can't remember if i i've um mentioned it on the podcast quite yet but it's called uncommon accountability and it was so good. And unfortunately, it's not on Audible. So you do have to like physically read it, which was very difficult for me, but I got through it because it was that good. Uh, but he talks about this economy, right? And, and this mentality now that's really shifted more so over the years where so many people have this victim mentality versus an accountability mentality, but it's it's subtle and we don't recognize it. And it is it's been something that I've been so mindful in practicing over the years because it's easy to, I'm so actually so good. This may surprise you and us, but like I'm 
the queen of procrastination and making excuses. And that is why I'm so disciplined because I've had to like set up all these routines and um, things in my life and in my day. So like I don't um, uh, like get in my own way as often as I used to or I could because I know thyself, right? And it is scary out there sometimes. And so, yeah. you know, it's, it's really the ability to do that. And and I think um, to that end, like I've seen the difference, right? I have seen how I am without my routine and I have seen how I am with it. And for me, there's like just no option because like you, I know exactly what I want and and where I'm going. And so it's it's easier, I think, to, to stay in that zone or, or framework, like when, when you have that vision. So, so thank you. I, I appreciate that. And, and it is a great point. And, um, and I'd encourage you guys to, to grab that book too, if it's something that, that perks your, your interest. So thank you so much, Anas. We will have all of the links to, uh, find Anas in the show notes directly to her social media, her cell phone number of which she so boldly gave. I mean, um, that is a big one. However, I can attest, like you are constantly available and quick to respond. You impress me all the time. I cannot say the same. Um, and so after it's all over Western New York, I remember like, okay, I've tried to like end this podcast five times, but like there was one, I'm horrible with texting as you know, and there was one time, I think I was like a little upset with you. And I'm like, that left down that you didn't invite me. And you did. I can't remember what the hell it was, but you texted me and it wasn't on WhatsApp. And I couldn't believe I missed it, you know, uh, but it was hysterical. It was probably like three months later, too, that, you know, the whole thing had happened. Like, Fuse awards. Yeah, I RCP'd. I am there multiple things, but um so i guess my secret's out i am horrible with my phone and texting so um until next time my powerhouses continue to be courageous thank you nicole thanks so much for listening to becoming powerhouse you can find all of the links to our site and resources in the show notes let's connect on instagram at pow her house money. And don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter at powerhousemoney.com. Remember, I want to connect with you. I want to hear your thoughts and help you with all the challenges you're having. So engage, send me a DM. And of course, if you're loving this podcast, let us know and go ahead and hit the subscribe button and leave a review.